0: and finishing your very own oncology case report. Save your seat today at the slash framework. Again, that's the OncoPT.com slash framework. We know how important it is to always be learning more about oncologic physical therapy, because when we learn, when we deepen our understanding, we're better able to help our patients. But it's not enough to just keep that information to ourselves. In fact, it's our responsibility to share our knowledge and our information with our colleagues so that we can not only help their patients, but the rest of our profession. What I love about the interview that we did today is that my guest, Dr. Amanda Curry, shares how she took the information that she gained from preparing for the specialty exam and is now actively using it to transform her rehab department at the hospital she's at, which is going to have some really widespread effects probably for the rest of the country, which is so exciting to hear about. So stay tuned for an awesome interview with my colleague Dr. Amanda Curry. Welcome to the Onco PT podcast where you'll learn from oncology
1: experts, practitioners and patients to help you on your journey to become a confident and competent Onco PT. Here's your host Elise Decker.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the OncoPT podcast. We have one of my study buddies who I've met originally last year, got to know and actually prepared for the exam with through this kind of casual Facebook study group that we had. And the insight she provided, especially into the pediatric patient population, which y'all know I have pretty much no experience no. in, was absolutely invaluable. So without further ado, welcome to Dr. Amanda Curry to the Onco PT podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. It's such an honor to be on here. I think this is an awesome platform to do. I wish that we would have had this a year ago. Yeah. So thank you for doing this.
0: Oh, absolutely. Amanda, it's really nice to have you on here. Like I said, I got to know you originally starting last year. We were both taking the exam, you know, that that list of people get sent out and then you're kind of left to find people who are going to be taking the exam who want to study with you. Um, And so we just kind of found our way towards each other. So can you tell us about your practice and what you do as a physical therapist?
1: Um, Yes, I definitely can. So I exited PT school and started my initial career path um, as an adult acute care therapist. Um, Acute care just bit me during PT school. And I was like, I think this is it. Like, I'm just going to stay in this field. Um, I was one of those people that said I will never be in pediatrics where here I am. I'm now a therapist at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital um, in Memphis, Tennessee. So I transitioned over from adult to here. And I had seen oncology patients in the adult world, some probably 25% of the time. And now this is all I see. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it is a wide range of ages, of diagnoses, um, and it's just, it's been a blast. I've been completely and utterly shocked um, at how fun and challenging
0: in different ways that it's been. So
1: that's where I'm at.
0: When you first started, you said you were in acute care. What kind of patients were you treating? What kind of diagnoses were you seeing?
1: In the adult world, or in, mm-hmm.
0: okay. in the adult world. Yes. So
1: adult, I am an ICU um, fanatic. Um, I tend to gravitate toward the sicker the better kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I we would travel everywhere. So like we would go to all different floors: um, med surge, um, CV ICU, neuro ICU, really anything. Um, just our step down cardiac unit, and then we had a completely separate wing for all of our oncology patients. So really anything that we would see in the adult world. We, we would see, we were one of the, or we are, they were, still are, one of the largest hospitals in Memphis um, in an urban setting. So we, we saw all socioeconomic statuses, um, living situations, just everything. Um, and it was a great, also a great variety as well. Um, but yes, did not know that I would go you know traverse my way into the still acute care um, pediatric world for sure.
0: What made you transition from adults to to kids? Because I mean, there, there's, some, there's some changes there, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, I will not get into the uh, politics of my previous employer, um, but it was interesting because I had had one of my children. I was part-time, um, I had moved to part-time in acute care, and then I was pregnant with my second child, And things were not working out in the hospital that I was at. So I took some home health and just kind of, is that something that I'm interested in? It was great. And then honestly, I was on like Indeed, by the way, they are not a sponsor. We do not get money for Indeed, all those things. (laughs) Um, But I was on it and there was this posting for a two day a week position at St. Jude. And I just had this like internal, this intuitive sense, like you should you should apply for that and i was literally like me me i should apply? okay whatever so i did um and i got a phone interview and i very as you guys will find out throughout this podcast um and very lively and direct and the our director at the time I, I just stopped her at first and i said if this is an acute care position i am your girl if it is outpatient we might as well end it here because i am an acute care therapist to the max and thankfully it was um, that and then that basically evolved from a two day a week to four day a week and then five day a week and here I am full time so yes it's a crazy it's a crazy thing what happens in life sometimes. (laughs) How long have you been at St. Jude's? Um, It'll be five years in February which seems like a blip of an eye it's it's been pretty ridiculous yeah.
0: Now, many listeners I imagine are familiar with St. Jude's, but for those who aren't, can you tell us a little bit about St. Jude's? So St. Jude's like in Memphis is the
1: like headquarters mothership hub. We have, um, I would say about six different affiliates. There's, I, you would have to fact check me on that one. Um, but they're all across the country and we deal with, um, children's, uh, pediatric cancer and catastrophic diseases. Um, some people don't always hear about that last part. Mm -hmm. Um, But we also uh, treat sickle cell um, AIDS patients in the um, greater surrounding Memphis area because we're kind of in a tri-state area. And then also we have expanded with our um, strategic plan for FY21 through 26 to more catastrophic diseases. In fact, I'm involved um, with one of my other coworkers in a trial um, research extravaganza, basically. I mean, these, these physicians that they have brought on board are incredible. Um, and they are strictly dealing with right now, um, SMA patients, um, which is very, a a very, very niche population. Um, these kids have multiple issues going on, but they are some of the bravest and, um, Funnest patients that I have I have met. So that's kind of a new neuro world that I'm you know slowly mm-hmm. traversing. Um, but the majority of our patients are um, pediatric oncological patients.
0: That is so neat, and yes. obviously it's a really wonderful mission. That I mean, every time we see the like growing up, we would yes. see the commercials, and my mom would just sit there because she's a you know long time oncology nurse. Yes. Just oh, look at the little
1: kids. Yeah, yeah. So, and I, I do, just on that note, I, um, they do the dream homes. They do uh, so many fundraisers. And and uh, what was very profound to me coming to St. Jude was that, you know, you see all those commercials and, and you think that, like, your money is going towards these children. And it, and it is. It's going towards their treatment. But it's always, it's going towards so much more. The fact that we can spend as much time as that we need for our patients. We can get any sort of durable medical equipment for these patients. There is, there are no questions. There is no ceiling. There is nothing. And so I very much love to articulate that like when people donate to that organization, it to me, St. Jude is a model for what healthcare can be. Um, the fact that like you take this organization that gives of itself to their patients because of the generosity of others. It's an it's an incredible thing to be a part of and to witness because it's it's the the fairy tale world that we are kind of taught in PT school that sometimes when we get out into the real world, we're like, this isn't how it's supposed to be. And I was kind of in that situation previously where this isn't how it's supposed to be. Um, so I am a true believer that, healthcare can be what St. Jude models. It's just, we've got to, we've got to catch back up. There's a lot of things to, you know, and we won't, that could be a whole podcast in itself as to why healthcare is the way that it
0: is. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, yeah. can you come back and talk about that? Because Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. When you transitioned to St. Jude's, what was, what were some of the biggest adjustments or changes in your thinking that you had to do now that you're working with this new patient population? Uh,
1: Well, I basically had to revisit all of pediatrics, developmental sequencing, all of that stuff. um, And a lot of neuro I had to brush up on. Um, We had a neuro specialist at my previous job. She was incredible. And she took the majority of those patients. Um, It also was something that I had to kind of maneuver back because we were evaluation machines at my last job we evaluated patients and we very rarely saw them ever again. And so here it was, and it, it was good and an adjustment. Like you were having to create a plan of care, follow that, do a lot of um, strategic thinking and, and, and um, piecing together of new things that you saw and how you could develop interventions to tailor that all while they're being two weeks old to 21 years old, 24 years old, you know what I mean? So it it was a, it was very much, um, it kept you on your toes for sure. It wasn't that you just did an evaluation, wrote some goals and said, see you later. Like you would have to then almost reevaluate yourself every time as to were those goals appropriate? How did the patient react to those activities that you did? All of that. Um, but what I also loved about, and I still love about St. Jude is that whether it's people in our direct department or, um, research, which I've, I've gotten into since I've been there. Um, everyone is so open to helping. And I, I, I want that to be a consistent theme. That's kind of the theme of what you're doing right now is that in our profession and throughout healthcare, like we need to be on the same team. You know what I mean? Like we need to be champions for one another because like, what is the common goal to like provide the best service and care that we can for our patients. And so, Again, it was very refreshing to kind of come out of nowhere, be like, "Hey, I've only done adults, and I'm usually acute care, or I'm usually critical care," and for them to kind of embrace and say, "Let's let's go," like, "Let me teach you." You know what I mean? So uh, every day was different. Every day was very interesting, um, but I felt like supported the whole way, which was great.
0: That is so exciting. I think, and I've mentioned this previously on the podcast therapy and the the healthcare world can sometimes be very cutthroat unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really, really glad and excited to hear that. I mean, you were just open arms, like, come on in here, family. I just think that's so wonderful.
1: Yeah, I appreciated it more than any of them could ever imagine,
0: for sure. So you're you're now at St. Jude's, you've been working there for about five years. At what point did you say, I want to, maybe take this exam the oncology specialist exam so um i
1: i always knew that i wanted to start an early mobility program and attempted to do that in my previous job and that was shut down for various reasons um so probably like year two 18 months to a year to two years into being at st jude i partnered with our critical care team in our icu to to bring basically Johns Hopkins, pick you up program to St. Jude. And so we established that program. It was a very long time coming, did a bunch of research with it. And some, a lot of that was kind of dying down. Um, And I kind of was like, what's next? Like, what else can I learn? And what I found sporadically throughout even just the time working our, our early mobility program, it's called brave. Even throughout that time, you know, I'm still learning all these different things. Um, And what I kept coming back to is like, (laughs) even in the acute care, like even straightforward in acute care, it kept not being straightforward. These kids kept having these random things happen or come up or consistently show up. And I was like, I am missing something here. And in being the detective like people that we are as therapists, I needed to know why so that I could, I am also a creature of habit and like things to be more predictable. And so um, to be honest, if there was an acute care uh, residence or there is a residency, if there was an acute care, like specialty test, I probably would have done that. However, this was the next best thing. I knew that I did not want to be a pediatric specialist, but oncology basically encompassed everything that I knew. And even if there wasn't a huge, um, emphasis on pediatrics for the oncology specialty cert. I mean, they're not little, you know, they're not big people in little bodies, but I was going to see a large amount of adolescents to adults. And these little people are going to become adults. And so a lot of the outcomes things that we learn throughout our process, you're going to have to educate them anyways. Um, I think a lot of times we're just like, oh, they're little, they're resilient, great, they're do- they'll do fine. And the literature does not say so. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, amongst leukemia and brain tumor patients alone, there are longitudinal studies that St. Jude has put out along with other people um, stating just that. And so that is another thing that we'll probably get into with another